So we are in a series called uh, How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, and what we're talking about are all the skills you would need if the end of the world came. So uh, if you watch the news, or uh, you read your Bible, or you listen to certain uh, people on YouTube, uh, you might be thinking the end of the world is near. So I was with somebody this week who believes Jesus is coming now in two weeks. Okay, so Ramadan, I think, is coming up, and when they blow the trumpet, that's when Jesus returns, or whatever. And I'm fine with that. If he would like to come at that time, uh, he can do whatever he wants. He's Jesus. And so uh, that might be your end of the world scenario, right? Jesus comes. And if you're pre-trib, so I'm sorry for those of you who are new to Christianity or new to the Bible, but we've been arguing about this for hundreds of years. Uh, pre-trib means before the tribulation, before the apocalypse, all the Christians are going to get sucked up into heaven. That's what I'm hoping for, um, but uh, it's up to him what he wants to do. So if you're pre-trib, Actually, this sermon series doesn't apply to you because you're going to be gone and you don't have to survive. You're just going to be zipped up. And there, there you go. I don't see anywhere in Scripture where God cares about our comfort or cares about us getting away with anything. So I believe we're probably going to go through the tribulation, in which case, this is a really good series for you to know. Now, what if Jesus comes in a thousand years? Secret. All of these things you're going to need for just life anyway, whether it's the end of the world or the end of your marriage or the end of your job or whatever it is, these are all things you're going to need. Now, last week was part one of a two-part series, and I promised you that this week I'd tell you the how of what I talked about last week. So just in a little bit of review, last week I had a board up here. It was a piece of wood, and I was talking about uh, the importance of the grain of that wood. And, I was, and the reason the wood's not here is the legs actually got shipped to me for a table that I'm building. And so now I put the legs on, and you're not allowed to look at it or touch it. Okay. Um, but it was a piece of wood, a slab of wood, and the great things about slabs of wood is that you get to see a part of the tree that you were never intended to see. That all that grain and all of that stuff is usually wrapped around bark. And so when we see a tree, we see a tree with bark. We see an elm tree. We see a redwood tree. We see a myrtle tree. We see a walnut tree. But when you slice in the middle, you see the grain which exposes what happened in year three to that tree year 15, year 20, all these different things. And when the bark is removed, you get to the real beauty of what that tree is producing. In the same way I talked about last week, when we remove the bark of the people around us, their skin color, their socioeconomic status, how they voted, how they feel about masks and vaccines. When you remove all the things that our culture demands you focus on all the time, and I talked about last week how we have systems in place, political systems and all news systems that rely on you looking at bark only. That's how they survive. That's how they thrive. Is that you just look at the bark. Oh, that's a Democrat tree. I know everything there is to know about Democrat trees. That's a Republican tree. Oh, my goodness. I know everything. Have you looked inside? Have you seen the grain? Have you seen what's going on? 
And so uh, that's what we're talking about. So I was talking about the importance of knowing, of understanding what people are going through. Now, I ended and I said, this week I'm going to show you how. And how is really, really simple. Like simple, but really, really difficult. It's really, really difficult. But if you can get this down, what I'm about to ready to preach this morning, if you can get this down, I promise you, it'll change every single relationship you have. Even if you're surrounded by Republicans or surrounded by Democrats or surrounded by old people or young people or surrounded by millennials, it doesn't matter. This is going to transform your relationships. And further, this is what I'm about to preach this morning, is the heart of your Heavenly Father. This is the heart of your Heavenly Father. And further, it was modeled perfectly by Jesus. Okay? So... Uh, we're going to look a little bit into the book of Philippians, and then uh, we're going to move into the book of James. Now, we say books. Really, most of these are letters that we've compiled into the book we call the Bible. Um, but this was a letter. And James, which we're going to spend most of our time on, uh, for those of you who have been Christians for a long time, or maybe you're, you're relatively new, maybe you've been a Christian for five years, you've probably heard this section of Scripture I'm going to talk about. But what's really fascinating is that James was the brother of Jesus. James was Jesus' brother. Same mom, different dad, okay, but they're in a blended family. Jesus' father was, his hev was our heavenly father, and uh, James' dad was Joseph, okay? And so they grew up in the same house. Now, if you're James and your brother claims to be God, you probably have some issues with that growing up, right? My brother's seven years older than me. Uh, he threw me down the stairs in a suitcase, okay? Now, if he claimed to be God, uh, that would be a whole different uh, scenario. But what's so fascinating, and one of the reasons why I'm a follower of Jesus, is that Jesus' brother, when Jesus rose from the dead, actually believed it. He actually looked back over his whole life and went, my brother was the Messiah. And what's really cool, if you think about it, when J James was martyred, he was stoned to death. And uh, we get this from a historian named Josephus. And um, check this out. When he was stoned to death, when that final rock hit him and he died, when he woke up, he saw his brother. Isn't that cool? Okay, I'm done. There we go. All right, Philippians, here we go. Get ready. Hold on to your hats. It's going to be a tough week for you as you apply what's going on. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Nothing. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Right now, as a matter of fact, ushers, close those doors back there. I don't want anyone leaving. Right now, you're about ready to leave. You want to leave. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But watch this. But with humility of mind, in other words, it starts right here. This is super duper important. It's got, everything I'm going to teach you this morning starts right here. With humility of mind... Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Ugh. Even my boss, I'm sorry, yeah. Even, even that neighbor, like, oh, I'm so sorry, yes, even that neighbor. Even my teacher, oh, yeah, 
regards your teacher as more important than you. Even my ex, yeah, sorry. There's no qualifiers. There's no off the hook thing. And trust me, I do this for a living. I'm a professional loophole finder. It's what I do. I find loopholes in the Bible so I can live my life the way I want and I don't have to actually do it, right? I'm kidding. There's no loopholes here. With humility of mind, it starts right here, regard one another regardless of their beliefs, regardless of their lifestyle, regardless of anything, regardless of how, where they, what they think about this or what they think about that or, or how they live their life, regardless of that, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Now watch, do not merely look out for your own personal in interests. In other words, merely, which means you can look out for your own personal interests. That's fine. Just don't merely do that. Don't only do that. But also, oh boy, for the interests of others, for the worldview of others. Don't merely have your own perspective, but look out for the perspective of others. You say, John, that's exactly like the sermon you preached last week about removing the bark and getting to the deep issue of who people are. Exactly right. Exactly right. Why would we do that? Why, why would you do that? I mean, America is all about our, our individual rights. I have rights. I get, you know, I get my thing. This is mine. I get to do this. I get to do that. Why would you do that? Well, he goes wrong. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. <laughs> like, this is what Jesus did. He didn't just look out for his own personal interests. He also looked out for the interests of others. This is why he died for our sin. He wasn't just concerned with his own safety. He wasn't just concerned with his own needs. He also was concerned for the interests of others. So now, that's the context of what we're talking about. Here is the how. And it's horrible. James 1.19. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must. Who's everyone? Everyone. Who's, who gets out of being everyone? Who can we let off the hook? No, exactly. You guys are smart. You guys are smart. Who gets out of being everyone? No one. Okay, so everyone. Okay, now, should? No. Might? No. Probably? No. Everyone must. This is a command that nobody gets off the hook on. No one. I don't care your socioeconomic background. I don't care what country you came from. I don't care what your issue is. I don't care what it is. James, the brother of Jesus, who saw Jesus raised from the dead and went, okay, he actually is the Messiah. My bad. Never should have hit his G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, okay? I'm sorry I did that, Jesus, bro, okay? Just super sorry about the thing with the crayons, all right? Just, I'm really sorry, right? Everyone must. Whew. What must we do? Husbands must. Parents must. Government, hey, don't fill in my blanks for me. 
Governments must, teachers must, it doesn't matter who you are, spouse, wife, whatever, kids, everyone must. Be quick to hear. Oh, there it is. Be quick to listen, to hear, to understand. Everyone must do this. In order to be like Jesus, in order to navigate your life the way you were designed to navigate your life in community, we were all designed to be in community. That's, that's how we were made. We were made in the image of God, who for all of eternity had the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He lived in community forever. He designed us to be in community. As a matter of fact, the best example of Jesus we will be is his body, the ecclesia, the gathering, the church. That is the best example. Everyone must be quick to hear. And that is not our culture. Our culture is you're quick to be right. You're quick to react. Right? You're quick to answer. You're quick to judge. You're quick to draw conclusions. Right? So, for example... Uh, one of the things that has exposed us as a country, and, you know, I, don't, I can't speak for other countries, is just the way we handled the pandemic. We, we were very quick. If someone didn't want to be vaccinated, we're quick to know exactly why, and this is why, and they're killing people, and all that, blah, 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 blah. And then if you're quick to be vaccinated, you're scared of the, I'm not scared of this. I went through World War II, blah, blah, blah. I mean, all this stuff, right? Well, I have a mask in my back pocket. And if I put this on and I were walking around the parking lot with this by myself, you'd all have a judgment. You'd all have something to say. You'd all think something, right? Like, hey, John, oh, man, he still thinks the pandemic, man. But I'm heading on a plane on Friday, and I cannot get COVID. Normally, I wouldn't wear a mask. How would you know that, I, that I'm going on a trip and that's, that's why I'm wearing the mask? Well, you ask. You're quick to hear. Let me hear your story. Why did you vote that way? Why did you do this? What did, tell me about your thing. Be quick to hear. Let me show you some Proverbs uh, that will help us to stop just drawing conclusions or seeing the bark of a person and going, oh, I know the grain. You don't know the grain until the bark is removed. You don't know the grain of a person until you've seen what's actually on the inside. You're quick to hear. Here's what Proverbs 18.13 says. So in August 18th, we read this, if you were following us on the app. To answer before listening is folly and shame. And here's the thing I know about us. We've all done it. Haven't you done that? Haven't you blurted something out and you realize they're like, what? No, I was saying this. And you're like, oh, man, I feel so bad. You ever done that? No? Well, wow, you guys are amazing. Yeah, you have. I know you have because you've done it to me. Okay. Uh, right? You're, you're just answering. You're just, and, he, and here's the thing. Ooh. Here's what happens. The people we know the most, we do this to the most. Oh, I know what she was going to say. Oh, I know what you're trying to say. Oh, I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. It's folly and it's shame. And, and let me tell you something else I know about you. 
don't you hate it when people do that to you? Don't you hate that? Of course you do. Because everyone has this God-given thing in us where we want to be heard, and more importantly, we want to be understood. And what the Word of God says, when you just assign an answer to someone, when you say, oh, I know why you believe that, or I know what you're doing, you're this or that, you damage them. You become the thing you don't want anyone to do to you. You, you, you go against the grain of their life. We are quick to hear an answer before listening. That's folly and shame. The, all of Proverbs, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons we are going through Proverbs during August is kind of the setup for all this. You will read many, many Proverbs that say, quiet, listen, listen to wise counsel, listen, let someone finish their sentence, try to understand what's going on. That's what wise people do. Fools surround themselves with sound bites of things that confirm what they already believe. That is folly and shame. <laughs> Super quiet right now. Okay. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. <sighs> social media, right? You post something on social media or you read somebody's response on social media, they don't want to come up with a, the right conclusion. They just delight in airing their own opinions. And it goes right against the word of God. And it's foolish. That's what fools do, the Bible says. I know. I know what you're thinking. You're like, yeah, but I'm on the right side. So I probably should air my own opinions because I'm right. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But it says this. So here, here's, here's one of the points I want you to get this morning. People who don't listen are not worth listening to. People who don't listen are not worth listening to. Now, in a group like this, those watching online and all the conversations I've had over many, 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 many years of ministry, here's what I've found. Sometimes you are frustrated because people won't listen to you. And you have all this experience and you have all this knowledge, and you have buckets of wisdom of how you've lived your life, and you're, you have so much to offer, and people won't listen to you. Why? Because you are not a listener, and they've shut you out. And here's how it comes across, just so you know. Um, hey, did you talk to so-and-so? I'm not going to talk to them. That's an indication that they're not a listener. Oh, I tried to talk to them, but they won't listen. And so you start to get marginalized and ostracized. And you think, you double down. And you're like, I've got to get this thing out. I've got to get my point across. And you don't understand the reason they're not listening is because you are not a listener. And they're shutting you out. All of healthy relationships, all of them, your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your neighbors, all start with the ability to listen. Be quick to listen. And the people who don't listen aren't worth listening to. I'll give you an example. I had a colleague uh, 
and uh, I'm just around lots of pastors, okay? So I, was, I have this one colleague, and he, he knew everything about everything. I'm, I'm not kidding. The dude is a, he's a genius. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And so he talked to, I mean, this guy had opinions on leaded and unleaded gasoline, uh, AstroTurf, uh, the climate, uh, I mean, just everything you could possibly imagine. He had, like, really strong opinions and what seemed to be really well-researched opinions. And maybe this has happened to you. He just happened to be, I, so before I was a pastor, I was in import-export for, for several years, 16 years. And I had what they call a broker's I was a licensed customs broker, which means I knew the harmonized tariff schedule of the United States. Thank you very much. Right? So when you talk about things like tariffs, foreign trade zones, uh, when you bring a watch in and you have to classify the movement, and then you have to go get a textile deck for the, the wristband and all this kind of stuff. Right? So I knew all that. I just don't like talking about it because it puts me to sleep. Okay? So he started talking about import-export, which I kind of am an expert on, or at least was at the time. I still had my license. And I realized this dude doesn't know anything. He has no concept of what he's talking about right now. Does this ever happen to you? And then you start thinking, does he really know about unleaded gasoline? Because it was like, a, like hey, wait a minute. And I realized this is a person that doesn't listen. They just go out and get their own facts so that they have ammo. And they come loaded. And when you say, hey, we're going to talk about this, they go, oh, I've got a thing for that. All right, let's talk about it. And so, listen, I stopped listening to that person. You say, John, what about the things they were experts on? I don't care. People who don't listen are not worth listening to. Now, I don't mean listen. They'll listen to their own confirmation bias. I'm not interested in that. I want to be surrounded by people who listen, who say, this is the person I talked to and I got their perspective. All right. That's number one. Quick to hear. Quick to listen. That means you're prepared. That means when someone starts talking to you, you go, oh, I might learn something today about this. What is it? What, what do I get to learn today? Instead of, oh, I get to change a life with my intellect and my perspective on life. Right? Quick. What's that? Yes, dear? <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay. I, I mean, do that, but okay. This must, you, what you must know. Everyone, everyone must Everyone must be quick to hear and slow to speak. No, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Slow to speak. Now, one of the things we've had uh, since the pandemic, I think most everybody here has ha at one point or another been on a Zoom meeting or, uh, you know, uh, FaceTime or whatever. You've been on a, uh, a video chat or whatever. And um, the way that works, j just for those who don't know, you're on your computer, you have a little camera, you join this meeting, everybody joins, and hopefully, hopefully, the person who set up the meeting has it set so that your mic is muted. 
when you get on the meeting. That way, if your lawn is being mowed outside the window and you join the meeting, it's just not like, you know, for everybody because you're all in different locations. Now, in the beginning of the pandemic, most people were new to this type of way of meeting. And so they would just start talking. But their mic was muted. And so then people would say, they'd unmute their mic and go, hey, you know, Tom or Shirley or whatever, your mic is muted. And the person would be looking all over. You could see them looking all over their computer. And you're thinking to yourself, now don't be offended by this, but you're thinking, oh, that person's stupid. Like they don't know how to operate the computer. They don't know how to unmute their mic. How do you not know how to unmute their mic, right? Okay, okay. So picture that. Why don't you picture that? That is the Greek setup for slow to speak. The Greek word is actually stupid. It's dull. You're dull to speak. You come to the equation understanding that you might not have the answer. You're slow. You ever meet a really wise person that doesn't speak at all hardly? Maybe it's in one of those Zoom meetings and they've not said a word at all. And you're like, oh, man. And so you'll ask them. You ever, you ever meet someone from the South? Um, again, if you're from the South, uh, God bless you. I, I'm, I'm glad you're with us. Uh, all those things. But, you know, they kind of just like, everything's slow. It's kind of listening. Then you finally go, okay, hey, so what's your opinion on that? <laughs> that ain't right. You're like, exactly, right? Exactly. Slow to speak. Maybe I don't have all the facts. Let me ponder that a little bit. Let me be quick to hear. What did you say? What are you, what are you trying to say? What are you, oh, okay. What's your perspective? Why do you have that perspective? What is the thing? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, hmm. hmm. What do you think about that, John? Oof. John, are you stupid? Yeah, I am. I might not have the answer to this. I know I just saw on YouTube that the answer is really obvious and clear. But I'm not going to take that posture. I'm going to take the posture of, hmm, there might be more information to that. Quick to hear. Oh, you're right on it with that. You are boom, boom, boom. I, what, 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 who, huh? Slow to speak. Now, I have hand gestures for you. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Okay? All right. So you're going to have to do this. And if you're online, I'm going to, I have a camera on the computer that can see you too. No, I don't. Okay. So quick to hear. Can you do that? Quick to hear. Okay. Slow to speak. Okay. Quick to hear. Slow to speak. Ooh, ready? Okay, so here's how it works. And you can do this in a Zoom meeting. Watch. Okay, you got your mic muted, and you're sitting there, and someone starts talking, and you're like, oh, gosh, I can't listen to this person for one more second. And then you go, oh, no, quickly. And you go like this. And then when it comes time to speak, you go like this. See that? And nobody knows. You're being super self-controlled. You're like, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this person's an idiot. Mm. Mm. See that? Now you don't say that out loud. 
You keep that part inside, okay? This says nothing about what you're thinking, okay? This is how you're acting. Inside, you might be like, oh, my gosh, I'm about ready to jump through that screen and grab that person. That's okay. This, shh. What? Mm. Quick to the ear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, some of you might go like this. That's up to you how you want to do it. But this is the point. Quick to hear. Mm. Slow to speak. This is the point. Now, listen to what Proverbs says. On August 10th, you read this. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. Oh, come on. That's just common sense, right? But he who restrains his lips is wise. It's the truth. We all know it. We all go, yeah. I can see everybody here. If you're watching online, you're probably like, oh, that's the truth. Then why don't we do it? Because I'm right. And by golly, if I don't show everyone I'm right, if I don't say what I'm right, they're going to be wrong. And to be wrong is the worst thing that could possibly happen, especially when I know I'm right. But where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Here's what it says here. He who, this was on the 17th. He who restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a, I love this, cool spirit. You got a cool spirit. Okay. Is a man of understanding or a woman of understanding. When you're calm and you go, new information doesn't threaten me. Your opinion doesn't threaten me. I have a cool spirit. I'm just going to listen. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to speak, okay. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. You ever done that? Have you ever been in the meeting where it's like somebody's quiet and you're just like, oh man, I'll bet this person's like really, oh wow, they seem really smart. And they're just like, I don't know what we're talking about today. And discerning if they hold their tongues. Even fools are thought wise if they're quiet and hold their tongues. If you have to speak, here's what it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. In other words, seeking more information. Uh, yeah, no, I, I disagree with that, but I'd like to hear more, whatever. It, 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 it turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Right? I've never seen an issue ever in my life solved on social media, ever. Right? Because harsh words stir up anger. And now that person can't listen because you offended them or you brought it uh, to, to it. Listen to what he says in, on the 19th when we read this. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from words of knowledge. Now, this you know. Everyone must be quick to listen, quick to hear, slow to speak. Let me just bring this up real quick. If you are speaking, it's impossible to listen. All right? The two, I can't speak and listen at the same time. Maybe you can. God bless you. But I can't. I don't know very many people who can. When you're speaking, that means the other person can't speak. Here's more importantly what it means. When you're speaking, the Holy Spirit won't speak. 
When I'm speaking, when I'm winning, when I'm getting my point across, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey man, I don't, I don't think you should probably. Oh, and another thing. Blah, 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 blah. Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump. You're going on, on. Hey, 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 hey. When we're talking, the Holy Spirit can't talk. Or if the Holy Spirit does talk, the chances of us hearing are really important. Forget about the person you're talking to. That's immaterial. I'm concerned with, I'm going to be quick to listen to them and to my Heavenly Father through what the Holy Spirit might be nudging me to say. Maybe I have the right answer, but that isn't the answer the Holy Spirit wants me to give. The Holy Spirit wants me to give a word of encouragement. Yeah, but I have the right answer. That's not what they need right now. They don't need a right answer. When we speak, when I speak, the Holy Spirit can't. Okay. Uh, this you know, my brother, that everyone must be slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger. Ah, it's getting worse. You can't, you, you have to listen. You can't speak and you can't get angry. What's the internet for? Like, why do we even live in this information age, right? Slow to anger. Why slow to anger? Because it'll destroy your relationships? Yes. Why slow to anger? Because it does you no good? Yes. Why slow to anger? For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. You being angry does not work. And it opposes what God would have you do. If you find yourself angry, I'm not talking about righteous anger, angry against poverty, angry against injustice, angry against racism and all these different things. Yes, those are fine. But on an individual basis, to get to the grain of somebody, to hear their story, you might have strong opinions on immigration. Do you know any immigrants? Have you heard their story? Have you talked to them? Listen, I'm for a wall, just to be clear. I want it to be 100 feet high and 50 feet wide because I don't like Canadians, okay? I don't want them coming across. I don't like them, okay? It's ham. It's not Canadian bacon, all right? It's ham, right? No, of course, I'm joking. When I hear a story from someone, it puts everything else into perspective. It doesn't, me being angry about things doesn't help. Homelessness, you might have very strong opinions. Do you know anyone homeless? Have you heard their story? Have you sat with them and said, can you tell me what happened? How did you end up here? What's going on? When you do, when you are quick to listen, have you sat down with a Republican or a Democrat and truly heard their story? Because it changes everything. It changes everything. It, the, angry, the anger of God, the anger of man does not achieve the anger, uh, righteousness of God. So here's three things you're going to struggle with real quick. I know I'm right. I'm right. I know I'm right. Okay, that was a typo. We're going to fire that person. Uh, I know I'm right. That's how we start off. I know I'm right. If you just let me speak, I'll, uh, you'll, know, you'll, be, you'll know I'm right too. And here's the other problem. I want you to know I'm right. I know I'm right. 
And I want you to know I'm right. And further, I want everyone to know I'm right. And when they don't listen to me or I don't get to show them how right I am, I get angry. And guess what the Bible says? That anger does nothing. If you're interested in the righteousness of God, your anger does nothing. You spend time on whatever the issue is, and you know more than everybody about climate change and immigration and home. You know everything. And guess what? When you get online and you're super angry and you hear a sound bite or watch a tiny little video and it confirms everything you said, you take all that anger up and it does nothing, the Bible says. As worship band returns. Jesus was right. Jesus had all the information. Not only was Jesus right, the people who crucified him were as wrong as you could be. Jesus was right. And here's what I want to end with. But Jesus remained silent. The person who's the most right in the history of the world. Matter of fact, Jesus was so right, he was never wrong, ever, on any subject. But Jesus remained silent. He was quick to listen. Who do you say I am? Who do the people say that I am? Come on, I want to hear, I want to hear your perspective. Who do you say I am? Peter, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You got that, buddy. That's exactly right. Jesus was right. He was never wrong. And he remained silent. And that is the key to understanding, to getting past the bark, to understanding the people who you would think think the opposite of you. Quick to listen, so to speak. Lord Jesus, this is so simple from the standpoint of understanding it, but uh, it's so hard. It's so hard, Lord God. Lord, we think of people in our lives that are frustrating us. Maybe it's a boss or a coworker that's always talking about that one subject. And we know so much more than them. We've really researched this topic. We really know. God, would you teach us to be like you? just to be silent. Lord, with our, the people who we love, our kids, our parents, our spouses, our dear friends, the ones that we know, we know what they're going to say. Would you teach us, Lord God? Shh, to be quiet. To be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because that is what you would have us do and that is what you model. Jesus' name, amen. Now, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his strength, in his peace, in his grace, and in his joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday.